The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Our text is Acts chapter 2, verse 37 to 47, which we read in the readings. Dear Christian friends, the world has changed. We are living in the new normal. This means the church has to change as well. We need renewal. This renewal is needed because, number one, there is a slow growth of the church. Number two, there is low attendance at worship services. Number three, there is minimal involvement in Bible study. All these factors stem from the graduation mentality that once you are confirmed, you are finished with formalized Christian instruction. The problem continues and brings forth results of poor stewardship of time and treasure, the inability to verbalize your faith. And because of that, today we have a theme that says we need a renewed church. This theme has got two points. The first point is that we need a renewed church, a church that is convinced and converted. The second point is that we need a renewed church, a church that practices love and generosity. Let us now look at uh, number one, a church that is convinced and converted. Here is how we can have a renewed church that is convinced and converted. The conviction came from the preaching of Peter. This is what happened from verse 37. When the people heard this, that is the preaching of Peter, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? The Holy Spirit did his work through Peter's sermon. He brought the people to realize that they had earned God's judgment. They were cut to the heart, and their question showed that God prepared them to hear the gospel. In verse 38, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord your God will call. The word repent. Repent means more than regret. The people already regretted their past rejection of Christ and their part in his crucifixion. Repent means turn from your sinful unbelief to faith in Jesus, from your self-righteousness to trust in his redeeming work. The word of God that Peter had preached and the promise of forgiveness in baptism had the power to work such repentance. From Peter's words, we see that baptism is a means by which God gives us his saving grace. It is for the forgiveness of your sins. That forgiveness merited by Christ's perfect life and death is mediated to sinners in baptism. Baptism in the name of Jesus Christ is baptism on the basis of who he is and what he has done. One that basis God sends our sins away, which is what forgives really means. What God sends away is gone. 
Notice that the gift of the Holy Spirit is imparted with baptism. The promise of the Spirit who works repentance and is active in baptism and gives forgiveness is for all who hear Peter's words. It is also for their children. It is also for those who were not there that day, including you and me. It is for all whom God has called or ever will call, your children, your brothers and sisters. Peter's sermon did not really end in verse 39. He continued in verse 40 with many other words he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Corrupt generation does not refer simply to the people of that time. It refers to all unbelieving people in every age, including this generation today. They are headed for damnation, and Peter's words show the way of salvation, of rescue from eternal punishment. In verse 41, those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Peter's message was God's effective word. Peter planted the seed and God made it grow. The exalted Christ added the uh, 3,000 believers to his church that day. The Lord did that by means of the gospel. Those who accepted his message were baptized and were added. Dear friend, if you have accepted the word of Jesus Christ, you need to be baptized so that you are added to the number of believers. The gospel persuades and changes people. Sometimes it involves great numbers. Sometimes it involves seemingly insignificant numbers. But God's way of changing people is by the gospel. The second point that we want to see uh, this morning is that a church that practices love and generosity, verse 42 to 47. We see that indeed we need a renewed church, a church that is convinced and converted. The people were converted. What happened thereafter? Verse 42 they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. The apostles taught all the things that Jesus had commanded them to teach, like we see in the book of Matthew chapter 28. The believers were devoted to living God's word as well as learning it. Fellowship is sharing. The believers shared a common faith a devotion to the apostles' teaching and the blessings of the means of grace. And so they were a fellowship, a group that shared in worship and in the Lord's work. They shared their joys and woes, their needs and opportunities. That's what we need to do even today in this generation. The breaking of bread probably includes more than just eating together. It most likely refers to the agape or love feast, which often preceded the celebration of Holy Communion. Whether receiving the Lord's Supper or simply eating together, this breaking of bread was an expression of the believers' unity in Christ and their joy in his salvation. 
The other component was prayer. Prayer was an important activity in the life of the Jerusalem church. It is still an important sign of vitality in a modern congregation. Like the other activities of the early church, praying together was an expression of the believers' unity and their devotion to the apostles' teaching. Do we have that today? Verse 43. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. The wonders and miraculous signs were really done by God and were performed through the apostles. Everyone, including those who were not yet believers, could see that God was at work through these men. Verse 44. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions, that's verse 45, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Christian friends, listeners, believers out there, our expression, all for one and one for all, catches the meaning of the statement that all the believers were together, all for one and one for all. That's the life that we need to live in this generation. They had come from many lands and many cultures, but they were united by faith in the Savior. Verse 45 explains what it, it meant that they had everything in common. We will find a more detailed description of this sharing in Acts 4, verse 32 to 35. And I read, All the believers were one in heart, and, and mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and much grace was upon them. There were no needy persons among them, for from time to time those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet and it was distributed to anyone as he had need. This is what one in all and all in one means. What prompted the believers to share so generously? We are, told, we are not told that the apostles commanded them to do so, or that they were trying to put some economic theory into practice. We can only conclude that they did it out of love for the Lord and for their brothers and sisters in Christ. They were devoted to the fellowship. Verse 46 and 47. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Dear friends, the believers met at the temple because it was the house of the Lord and they were the Lord's people. It was the Father's house and they were his children. They gathered there daily, perhaps at the hours of prayer. 
the people also gathered in one other's home, in one another's homes, to share the common meal. They rejoiced that the Lord had come to save them, that he was present in their lives, and that he would come again to take his church to heaven with him. Even those who were not in the fellowship of believers had to like and respect those Jerusalem Christians. In our day too, it ought to be possible for our unbelievers to say of us, those Christians are helpful neighbors and good citizens. Our lives cannot make believers of them, but the way we live might at least remove some hindrances to their faith. Our words and actions might convince some, some that they ought to give the gospel a hearing. The Lord continued to bless the apostles' work by adding daily to the group of believers. May he add to our group. We need a renewed church, a church that is convinced and converted, a church that practices love and generosity. Dear Christian friends, indeed we have to be a people that can share things in common. We need to be a people that can gather to worship God in his house. We need to be a people that takes care of one another. We need to be a people that can attract the people that are watching that are yet to be believers. We need to be a people, a group of people who can be a family. So that even those who are not in our fellowship of us as believers can like us and respect our church. Just as they met every day in their homes at church, sharing food, sharing everything, that is what Christians should be. We should be helpful neighbors. We should be a brother's keepers. We know that we, our lives cannot make others to be believers, but our, the way we live, the way we do things, the way we behave, the way we act towards one another, can move other people's hearts to begin to pay attention and want to come and listen the word of God. And that way, the Lord will continue to bless the pastors that are preaching to us. The Lord will continue to bless the people that are listening to the word of God. And the Lord will increase to the number of those who are to be saved. I want to encourage everyone out there, learn from what happened on the day of Pentecost. When the people heard what the Lord had done, they were cut to the heart, they were touched. It is very important to pay extra attention and be touched by the word of God that is being preached. And once you are touched, you take the steps prompted by the Holy Spirit towards baptism and be baptized so that you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit as well. You also so look around about your children who are not yet baptized and prompt them, push them, teach them to also begin to believe and repent and be baptized so that they are added to those that are saved. Because Jesus promised to do that on the behalf of this world. Jesus promised to send the Holy Spirit. Let us be cut to the heart and act after the people that listen to the word of God were Cut, they had their hearts affected, they took action and began to worship the Lord every day and sharing the word of God, sharing what they had. 
and doing everything according to Jesus' guidelines. In the name of Jesus, thank you, dear Lord. Amen.